welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 336. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Star Trek Lower Decks fourth season episodes, Tuvix and I Have No Bones, Yet I Must Flee. Here we go. Star Trek Lower Decks, starring Tawny Newsom as Beckett Mariner, Jack Quaid as Brad Boimler, Noel Wells as Devon Attendi, Eugene Cordero as Sam Rutherford, Don Lewis as Carol Freeman, Jerry O'Connell as Jack Ransom, Fred Tatishkore as Shax, and Jillian Vigman as Tana. Tuvix, Season 4, Episode 1, original release date, September 7th, 2023. Directed by Barry J. Kelly and Jason Zurich, written by Mike McMahon. Guest cast include Troy Baker as Shwale Schwalens, John Curry as Ma, Nolan North as Tillips and Lars Lundy, Andy Richter as Benjo Tweekle, Gabriel Ruiz as Talin, Paul Shear as Andy Billups, James C. as Dr. Chaotica and Grek, Carl Tart as Kayshawn, Paul F. Tompkins as McLemo, and Carl Walgren as Kalor. The USS Cerritos is escorting the decommissioned USS Voyager to Earth, where it will become a museum. A dormant Delta Quadrant microvirus is awakened and takes control of the ship. On the Cerritos, a stray Delta Quadrant flower petal causes a transporter accident that merges Dr. Tiana and Chief Engineer Andy Billups into one person's tillips. Did Janeway figure it out? No, she just murdered him. Well, there has to be more to it. She isolated the genomes and split him up. He begs her to live. Holy sh**. Chainway didn't mess around. I don't want to kill the guy. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. We aren't stranded in the Delta Quadrant. We could take him to Earth and get some help. Good call. Let's hurry. Captain, do you think Dr. Tano will be okay? I think so, but it didn't take us long to look up Janeway's solution. Let's just hope Mr. Taillips doesn't do the same. Are you kidding me? I'm glad we're back. We've been off for a while, and we're back. It's the longest break we've taken. Yeah, it really, it really is a lengthy one. Uh, this episode had so many fun. We've talked about so many times about how Lower Decks is so great and maybe the best of, of the new Star Trek shows. It's certainly the best at being what it means to be. Uh, Steve, why don't you kick us off on Tuvix? Yeah, so uh, I think this is a great way to start a, a, a season. Um, they are definitely playing their game and doing it well. Uh, we have, uh, you know, for, for the fan, long-term fans out there, you've got the Voyager harkening back to that. So there's, of course, a, a zillion references to Voyager episodes. It's great to just see the ship and... Uh, don't, don't you mean Voy episodes? Oh, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we also, you know, they're... What's interesting is most of these are pretty much standalone, but you do have some continuity, and we're seeing that the, the they're they're basically starting a, a bit of an arc here uh, for this this uh, season, as well as um, you know finally taking our characters into something beyond Ensign. They're still lower decks, but they get their promotions and so forth. And of course, as always, they pack in a million different things and find a way to do it where it doesn't feel like you're lost in the middle of it as you go. And so. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was pretty hilarious. All these combining and the names and it's just preposterous and nuts like it always is. And uh, also in the the midst of all that, they still managed to have some, they have something to say, they have a message and they advance our characters in some respects. So uh, right out the gate here in season four, they're, they're doing a great job. I thought this was a lot of fun this episode. 
Adam, remind me, you've seen these episodes before, or is this your first time? No, I, I watched, I did a run yeah, before, okay. so right. this is my second viewing. Go ahead and well. kick off your thoughts here. So yeah, so if I remember correctly with Voyager, two, the episode Tuvix, which they parodied here, was, if I remember correctly, that was an excellent episode. That was an outstanding episode. I don't remember the macrovirus episode being that great. I mean, maybe I could go back and listen to our podcast and see what we thought of it. But I don't remember having a, see, you know, this, the giant macroviruses. And I remember like Jane I remember Way was, Jane Way walking around dark and turbo lifts with a big phaser rifle. Yeah, she was all, um, she was terminated out, you know, with yeah. the, yeah. the sleeveless shirt. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't recall that being a great episode. So you kind of got a, a mix here. So let's let's take the Tuvix side of it, you know, where they have the, the, the tulip. And they, they parodied this episode and it could have gone really bad. This could have gone really bad because that was such a great episode and it dealt with such really heavy issues, you know, about, you know, who is a person and, um, do they have a right to life? Um, there were, it was really a very, I, th- I remember it being one of the better episodes in Voyager. And they did such a great job not going over the line and messing with what Voyager was trying to say in that episode, but keeping in in line with that. And then they, they go a whole different way where, you know, Tulips is like, you know, he reads Janeway's logs and he's like, what the F? And, you know, he decides to make his own race of, um, you know, these combined people and it becomes becomes funny. And it's not disrespectful to what Voyager did. And obviously, you know, with the macrovirus on Voyager, you know, that's very fun. You get to run around, you know, we're all, we're all very familiar with Voyager and the different decks, engineering and the episode. So it was just like a Even fun had the music. ride. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. just, it was a really fun ride doing that, going, going through Voyager and there's, we'll see some. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was a lot of fun. The thing that impressed me the most, I, I love how it's it it has the the Tuvix story, but then it goes in a completely different direction, in a direction that works for this show. It, it's funny and all, but it but it really is is not what you expect, and it jumps around fast enough that you never you're never ahead of it or something. Right. Which if you think you are, you quickly realize you're wrong. You know that that's what I like about it. It's it's so kind of smart in that way, because it would be really easy if it stuck too closely for too long to that to the voyager story right it stays fun and unpredictable yeah, yeah. they made it their own yeah they made it their own they made these two episodes their own and like i said with the tuvix storyline they didn't it's it, it totally works and it doesn't disrespect what what voyager was trying to do in their episode a lot of lines that made me laugh i like i like uh what's the what's the vulcan's name Talin. yeah i believe so yeah Talin. The ship is outdated and smells like Borg. That made me laugh. <laughs> Safety protocol set to random. What does that even mean? I, I, I don't know, but it's funny. I really don't know what that means, but it is funny. This makes, this makes it more chaotic. <laughs> leave it to chance. I, I love all, I love all the mannequins. It's like, you know, it's whatever, you know, how many oh, hundred yeah, yeah, years yeah. in the future, and they can't just have, like, you know, actually reproduced copies of the actual it's their the you know like department store mannequins i like the repeated references to uh how did janeway solve it janeway just murdered him <laughs> just flat <laughs> up murdered him and that's another thing the show does well is a lot of times they it echoes fan sentiment i remember that's yeah. always been the thing you know for years i was talking about you know that was not the most ethical choice but what else are you gonna do you know well if it was a show made today they probably would have done something mm-hmm, maybe crazy right yeah Boimler and Mariner's relationship is always so real and special. And those two are so great after that Strange New Worlds thing. I mean, I just, 
I just love them to death. They're so good. Mm-hmm. The characters, the actors, the, have the performances, them together. That scene when she tells him, you know, I'm the one who recommended your promotion. You know, it's just sweet. And I love them together. They're great. And also, I like that they're not like a romantic thing. I'm, I'm glad that's never become a thing. Like, they're friends. They're real friends. We're not like brother, sister, best friends. And yeah, that's the same goes with um, Tindy and Rutherford. There's a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but they don't go there. The salamanders. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> the lizards, whatever. <laughs> that's yeah. one of the worst episodes. That's it is the worst episode, it? but it's yeah, it's one of those where uh, if you got it, it's very funny. It was clever having the the macrovirus in that you know the salamander being you know assimilated. Yeah, there's, yeah. That, there's that shot of the the salamander or whatever walking in the uh, the hallway or the turbulence. Yeah, it's got a nano on him. Yeah, yeah. It's got the Borg on top of him. Uh, it's really good. I, and uh, just like the those old scientists, the TOS joke, I love. It's Void, man. Void. <laughs> uh, well, it's also kind of cool. To, it was kind of cool to see this episode, especially I think I watched it shortly after we finished um, season three of Picard. And obviously, you know, see Voyager, you know, at the, the space dock. Right. It's cool to kind of see the put it together, the timeline of, yeah, putting these. Where, where is it now? Where is it then? That kind mm-hmm. of thing. I know, Brian. You mentioned the um, Strange New Worlds episode. I really almost—I kind of—I watched these episodes late last night. But if I watched them earlier, I probably would have popped in that mm-hmm. that episode of Strange New Worlds. I've only seen that up once. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. So a great way to kick off season four, and such a fun tribute to Voyager. Not like a continuation of Voyager story or anything. Just a a fun tribute to Voyager. So it does. It's very different from, say, Prodigy. And and just the ship, really. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't an individual, any of the characters from the, the show. It was really the tribute to the ship. What is this episode about? Well, this episode is a lot of nostalgia for us Voyager fans out there and Star Trek fans. I do think, um, I don't know if this episode, this, I guess if you really wanted to ha- say this episode is about, I mean, you have to go back to, you know, Boimler or Mariner. It's about... Um, the fear of moving forward and losing what you have, you know, like, you know, cause he's scared to be promoted and he's scared to lose his, his friends because of that. And we're going to talk more about that in the next episode with um, Rutherford and Tindy. So there's that, that theme that they don't want to, they want to advance their career and they want to succeed in what they're doing, but they also don't want to jeopardize what they have. And so I think a lot about what they're trying to say is like, you know, trust the people that you care most about that, you know, things will change, but they won't change. And so I think maybe that's kind of the message that I took from it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's kind of like anxiety over evolving relationships, you know, and career and life and friendships and so on. And in a way that, uh, that kind of ties in with the bizarre craziness of what's going on in the primary plot, right? You know, people, you know, these, these characters, let's make it one character out of two and let's split them up and let's, you know, separate them and all this kind of thing. It's, it's, it's the chaos of, of what happens in relationships and the uncertainty of what happens in relationships as you move forward in life and encounter different scenarios and variables and so forth. All right, let's do six degrees for two Vicks. Steve, this episode is based on the Voyager episode, two Vicks. What season was that? Was it two, four, or six? Two. 
Yes, too. I asked that question because you know what it is? It seems too good to be a season two episode. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, season two, Voyager. But if yeah. I think about it, um, Janeway had the bun, so yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that, that, that's and the also, one. there was Kiss stuff with the Neelix variable. Uh, oh, there you go. oh, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Alright. I should have said two or three, huh? <laughs> I have no bones, yet I must flee. Season 4, Episode 2. Original release date, September 7th, 2023. Directed by Megan Lloyd, written by Aaron Burdett. Guest cast include Carl Clemens Hopkins as Narge, Ron K. Lai as Moopsie, Nolan North as Malik and Livick, Chris Perfetti as Gary, Paul Shear as Andy Billups, and Paul F. Tompkins as Brick. A Romulan starship is attacked by some unknown vessel. While Mariner thinks Ransom is planning to demote her to Ensign again and resolves to act insubordinately to speed this up. Meanwhile, Rutherford is anxious that Tendi's promotion will ruin their friendship. He spends the day trying to impress Billups with his engineering skills in order to earn his own promotion. You okay, Mariner? Need any help packing? No, thanks. Ransom's just going to knock me back down to Ensign anyway. He promoted you last week. I just heard him bragging to Shaq that he's messing with me. What? Why? I mean, who knows? His brain is like the only part of his body he doesn't work out. But didn't he say he was going to support you? No, they always do. And then the second I speak my mind, bam, right back to being an Ensign. They always think it's like a learning experience. Wait, is he dumb or playing mind games? Well, who cares? I'm not falling for it. Ransom's just waiting for me to mess up, huh? Fine. I'm going to become an insubordination supernova and control my own fate. But you're not actually going to blow anything up, right? No. I'm going to talk back, break the rules, crack some inappropriate jokes in front of an ambassador. When I get demoted, it'll be because I earned it. Well, that should prove to be a disaster. Adam, kick us off on I Have No Bones, Yet I Must Flee. I Have No Bones. So this, we didn't get into this in the last, um, the last episode, but, you know, last episode ends with um, a Klingon second deck or second deckers, you know, talking about, you know, battle and all that kind of, it's kind of a clever way to look at, you know, these different species and what their lower decks are up to. Anyway, the it ends with this unknown ship um, destroying the Klingon Vestal. And that's how we begin this episode with this, you know, with the Romulan lower decks you know, cast, you know, talking about plotting to overthrow their commander and the same thing, the same ship comes by and, um, you know, destroys this Romulan ship. So this is going to be, this is kind of the overarching theme that Steven was talking about um, in the previous episode. So um, we'll see this for a little while. We'll get into what it's about, but that's kind of the overarching theme of what's going on. So it's interesting. I like, like I said, I like the the lower decks aspect of it with the, um, the other, um, the other people in the, Alpha Quadrant. And so, yeah, in the episodes, you know, it kind of jumps right in We with Mariner and her promotion. You know, this has been kind of an ongoing theme with her character throughout the um, previous three seasons. You know, she has, a, you know, she's she bucks authority. She doesn't really want to advance. She likes where she's at. And so, so finally, you know, Ransom gives her a promotion and he's basically told her in the last episode, you know, you're not going to, I'm going to be different and you're going to keep this promotion. And so, she overhears something out of context from Ransom, and then she decides that she's going to go all unsupportive. You know, she's in her gym clothes when they go over to this menagerie, you know, to collect humans. Um, which I believe that what what was the where did the menagerie come from? What series? I was thinking about that. Was it Next Gen? Original series had original. Okay, yeah, original series. So so it's a. Um, so it's a kind of clever take on that, and we get to see, you know, Mariner just um, mess with um, Ransom for the whole episode. And then on, you know, on the Cerritos, um, Rutherford is running around, and he's 
apparently has this nemesis now that's smarter than him because he's trying because it's the theme that we were talking about from the previous episode you know they they these four they have such a, a bond with each other that they're afraid to lose that and um and you know we we hear that from rutherford later on in the episode that you know he turned down promotions because he didn't want to be um separated from tindy so um the same kind of dynamic that um the other two have, you know, Rutherford and Tindy kind of have that same, you know, kind of bond and and chemistry with each other. So I enjoyed the. I mean, uh, the first episode was was better just because it's more nostalgic. It's Voyager and it had a little better pace. But I, I enjoyed this episode as well. Moopsie didn't get a mention. <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, like in the last episode, I don't know what random safety protocols means. <laughs> I don't know what it drinks your bones means. I don't know what that <laughs> I think, means. I think it's just to be over the top especially when you know the first creatures that it killed those you know basically <laughs> crazy wolf-like aliens that you wouldn't want to see in a dark alley and it pretty much took those guys out in a heartbeat steve your first thoughts yeah i like this you know and it and it kind of it's one of the, one of those things that uh lower decks does so well is pairings you know pairings of characters and uh the development of characters through how they these pairings communicate and so on so i mean we we've seen it before but obviously not as a common pairing is um is mariner and ransom and and that dynamic that's that's interesting um where they go with this there was that was that a first season episode was it where yeah. like yeah it was early on that they go on an away mission and he saves them and she, and she feels <laughs> weird because she he's kind of hot or something right right yeah but you're right it's it's infrequent this pairing yeah, they, she references a lot of their encounters, like when he when he became the the big head and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so that that's that's fun, and uh, and the uh, the the ongoing the, what the some of the stuff is just hilarious though. Like like always, they I, I love the uh, thing like Boimler getting stuck between two holodecks and the nonsense <laughs> like, going on between the walls and stuff. That was just outrageous, <laughs> funny stuff. It's why like, is why there would they put quarters between, between two, two holodecks? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that it, it's a lot of fun, and it's also it's not just random. I mean, this episode follows the last episode. You know, they they got promoted. We still have Rutherford. What's the deal with his promotion or lack thereof? And we learn about that, and uh, they continue the the character development, and and they continue with Mariner and what's her thing about not wanting to be promoted and and that history and so forth. So, you know, again, they kind of they have these fun standalone very fast-paced things but they also uh have continuity and pick up from where they left off in the last one too and so yeah yeah and great. well you're talking about pairing but boimler's kind of on his own in this episode you know going from you know like you said the, the in between the yeah. holidays and the and the bright light it's hilarious at the end of the episode when um, rutherford just suggests the setting sun <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> were those the uh, the spot glasses from? In the, is there in truth no beauty? Is that the one with? Uh, it kind of looks like that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but of course that's that's Boimler at his best when he's anxious. I mean, when he's just nervous and for whatever reason and constantly being bombarded by his environment, you know. Sleeping in the Jeffrey's tube. <laughs> you guys didn't even mention the funniest thing in the episode to me: Shax and Ransom doing the. Troy and Crusher workout. Oh thing. yes! Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. That was awesome. That was freaking that was obscure, but incredibly yeah. funny and so random. But it, especially because it was those two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. Oh my gosh, 
This is and of course, and of course they're doing Robin Hood in the holodeck too. That this, oh, yeah. that could be another yeah, reference yeah. to next gen. <laughs> we do advance a little bit this uh, season long story arc. You know, generally we're going to avoid big spoilers as we go in case somebody is listening to this as they watch the show for the this season. I mean, for the first time, obviously anything from previous seasons is fair game. So we won't talk about uh, exactly what that mystery thing is, but we do pick up this episode opens with the Romulan stuff which is you know exactly how the previous episode ends with the Klingons. There's a lot of funny bits in there. Um, I'm being suspicious or I don't know what <laughs> it is. We are going to like piecemeal advance this, uh, the mystery storyline as the season goes along. I've been betraying my superiors long before you were born or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Does it strike anyone else as interesting that Boimler has a mere universe Archer figure when it's even questionable why the prime universe would be aware of the mirror universe archer from that episode in the fourth season of enterprise. Well, I'm sorry. You caught that. I didn't, I didn't even touch that. That's what that was. Oh my gosh. This totally reminds me for all mankind. Are you guys caught up? You guys watching that? I haven't watched it, but I've read about what you're about to talk about. Okay. I haven't read anything and I was shocked because I didn't watch it. I watched episode nine of season four, four season yeah, four last night. So it's been out for several days. And I was like, how have I not seen any articles on any Star Trek sites about this? Obviously, the show is produced by Ron Moore, but there's a lot of people that work on it. There's Star Trek people, and the show makes Star Trek references. So incredibly minor spoiler about For All Mankind, Episode 9, Season 4. If you skip ahead a minute, if you don't want to hear this, but it doesn't pertain to the story in any way. It's just a throwaway line. But somebody says, like... We're going to watch Star Trek. We're going to watch all three shows. Is that what you were talking about? Steve? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what I They're read. All yeah. three yeah. shows. And this is in like 2003 or five. Four? Yeah. 2005? Gore's pres- yeah. I think so, Al Gore is president. So it's like mid 2000s ish, early mid 2000s. So that is what? What show didn't happen? You know, it, <laughs> it reminded me of like, like Michael Piller, famous for being a baseball nut, kills off baseball in the Star Trek universe, right? He's the one who <laughs> wrote the script that says uh, baseball, they stopped playing baseball hundreds of years ago. Like, these are Star Trek people, and you're saying that there's less Star Trek? Something didn't get made? I haven't watched that. I'd like to someday, but uh, the, the article I read that explains it does a really good job of the logic behind it. I, what, did I, I it, it say? what did it say? I can essentially, it's... essentially, it's not that just one is gone. It's that they all kind of got messed up because essentially they're saying that phase two happened and then Wrath of Khan was the first movie. And then there was a, a totally unrelated spinoff after that. And where do they get this information? I don't know. They've interviewed people that know somebody uh-huh. that think they All know right. something the or whatever. But the logic kind of made some sense. Okay. Uh, back to, I have no bones yet, honestly. Uh, Moopsie did make me laugh. And I have already seen somebody's got a uh, plushie coming out. <laughs> which, when you imagine what Moopsie looks like, you're like, yeah, they could make a, an identical, perfect looking little plushie. So put that on your shopping lists. Moopsie. Be your, that'll be your ornament for next year? Probably. It would be cool if you could like squeeze it and it would say, Moopsie. <laughs> but I don't think it does that. Teeth came out. Oh, that was another part that made me laugh out loud. It was uh, his Ransom's new teeth. <laughs> they really play it up. Like he's talking and they really widen his lips. And <laughs> it's funny. What is this episode about? Um, I think there's a continuation theme, you know, when the, the last episode that we talked about, you know, there was um, there was that tension between Boimler and Mariner about, you know, moving on. And obviously they they fast forward to this episode with um, 
Tindy and Rutherford, they're kind of going through the same same issues and they get it resolved. And then obviously, obviously, you know, Mariner coming to to terms with um her life progressing forward instead of just being stagnant where she wanted it. And she kind of comes to that realization towards the end of the episode when he's like, Why do you keep sabotaging yourself? And she's like, I and she can't answer that question. So it's just a it's a realization of growth that you see in the characters that oh okay they kind of realize oh this is what I what I've been doing to mess things up. And um you, you also see that with Tindy and Rutherford. It's like, you know, they're not gonna lose their friendship just because of a pip. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of like getting out of your own way for achieving success. You know, I mean, sometimes there, sometimes it's complicated, you know, there's a lot of competing um, concerns and variables as you go through life and your personal and professional life and so forth. But then sometimes you're just messing it up, you know, for yourself, you're just overthinking things. And, you know, and I think Mariner did that. She has been doing that. And then, um, yeah, the, the Tindy Rutherford stuff, you know, they're just, you know, trying so hard to, work this out when in reality it never was really in jeopardy their, their yeah. friendship yeah so yeah rutherford and a uh, mariner could be the opposites and that you were mariner was trying to sabotage herself to the extreme you see rutherford trying to just go over the top to do anything that he can to get the person it was kind of funny at the end it's like well why don't you just go out oh yeah here you go <laughs> <laughs> what does he say like uh, wait, I can just ask for stuff that I deserve. And Philip says, "I guess." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the that's such a great encapsulation of the show. Like Rutherford's question is funny, but what the show does so differently than anybody else is Philip's answer that's even funnier. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, let's do six degrees for. I have no bones yet. I must flee. Adam. The title of this episode references the short story, I Have No Mouth That I Must Scream, written by what sci-fi author? And I'll give you a hint. I wouldn't be asking if it wasn't a Star Trek, right? City on the Edge of Forever. I, I don't know that, so I'm not even going to try. Aww. Go ahead. Go for it, Steve. Um, I'm, I know it, but I'm just, it's been a long time since I've accessed that part of this. Uh, <laughs> Brain cells, uh, uh, is it still there? Harlan Ellison? Har yes, sir. Harlan, yeah. Harlan Ellison. Yep. Yes, indeed. I shook his hand once at a, I think I told you what, that the time I went to like a charity script reading, oh, okay. which everybody on stage were Star Trek people. And it was him, the two people that I went up to in the audience, and they had like a cocktail hour. I think it was actually before the thing, but yeah, I went up to him. And I went up to uh, James Cromwell. <laughs> James Cromwell was like freaking Lou Ferrigno. His hand is like the size of my head. Brother <laughs> Ellison, no longer with us. Yeah. All right. So Steve takes it for the day. Sorry, Adam. It is a shutout. Two nothing. Two nil. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, just rub it in. You know, yeah, I'll cut, out, be, I'll cut out be laughing, I promise. Uh, <laughs> you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff in our podcast has changed a little bit. Hopefully you listeners don't notice a difference and everything comes through your feeds the same and sounds the same and uh but if if there is anything awry please don't hesitate to send us an email trekcompanion at gmail.com our twitter handle is at trekcompanion so thanks for spending a half an hour with us and until next time take it easy bye guys see ya
fun. I passed it.